0: everyone, this is Mark Goddard from Lost in Space. I'll be the next guest on On Screen and Beyond.
1: On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now... Here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining us for another episode of On Screen and Beyond. I'm your host, Brian Zemrak. This is episode 373 of the weekly show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with the guests from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, well, as you know, this year is the 50th anniversary of Lost in Space, And we have Mark Goddard joining us. He was Major West on the show. And on July 31st through August 2nd, he'll be at Galacticon 4 in Seattle, Washington. you want to check that out because he's going to be there with the rest of the cast from Lost in Space. And we're going to be talking with Mark in a few minutes. So be sure to stick around for that. He was also in Johnny Ringo, The Detectives, and a whole lot more. He's going to let us in on all of that stuff. So be sure to stick around. And let's see here. We have also got a lot of remakes. Uh, Well, not a lot of remakes. I shouldn't say that. Uh, It's actually, we have some remakes coming our way. And uh, it seems to be that there is a slowdown right now in remakes that are coming our way. But we still have a few coming your way. So we're going to talk about that. It's coming up next Remake Madness, next on On Screen and Beyond. (laughs) Up and try again. Remake Madness. Well, I said there weren't a lot of remakes coming our way, but, you know, uh, they actually are. Uh, Disney is remaking numerous, numerous remakes of their classic animated movies going into live-action films with them. And, of course, we know about the, the Jungle Book, which is coming up, and it'll be here shortly in April. Then uh, you can look out for Pinocchio, Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, Dumbo and Tinkerbell so they've got uh, they've got quite a cast of uh, remakes coming our way so be sure to stick around for those and the writers of the comedic movies Vacation, Horrible Bosses and the incredible Burt Wonderstone have been tapped to write the new Spider-Man remake and you can look for that on July 28th of 2017 that's it for Remake Madness coming up next on On Screen and Beyond what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies Upcoming new movies, well, it looks like Hugh Jackman has had to step away from making a movie called Collateral Beauty due to scheduling conflicts, but they're in talks with Johnny Depp to be his replacement. We'll keep you posted on what happens with that one. And Jake Gyllenhaal and Naomi Watts will be starring in a drama called Demolition as a successful investment banker deals with the loss of his wife from a car accident. And you can look for Sylvester Stallone to lend his voice to the animated movie Animal Crackers as a family uses a magical box of animal crackers to save a circus. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. We'll head down to Sequel City to find out what's coming your way as far as sequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. Ethics is the Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. Ethics is the Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. Sequel City, John C. Riley has confirmed that he has signed on to voice Ralph in Wreck-It Ralph 2, And Guillermo del Toro says after many setbacks, Pacific Rim 2 will start filming in November and he promises an epic battle for the August 4th, 2017 release date. And the prequel front, it looks like a live action movie called Genie will tell the early years of the Genie from Aladdin. Now those are some big shoes to fill. We'll keep you informed on that who gets the part. And that's it for Sequel City. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's happening as far as TV on DVD. TV on DVD. August 11th, you can look for Hell on Wheels, the complete fourth season to arrive on Blu-ray and DVD in a four-disc set. And on September 15th, NCIS, The Best of Abby, will hit stores... But on July 21st, you can order it from Amazon exclusively. And The Returned will arrive on September 15th on DVD. And that is it for TV on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, what's coming your way as far as movies on DVD? <laughs> movies on DVD, Lords of London arrives on DVD on September 1st, starring Ray Winstone. And on September 15th, Love and Mercy, the story of the Beach Boys' Brian Wilson will hit DVD and Blu-ray. And Mad Max Fury Road will dive into stores on Blu-ray and DVD on September 1st. And that is it for Movies on DVD. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. (laughs) TV and Entertainment Time, well, it looks like 20th Century Fox is getting into the beer business. They will be rolling out in Chile Duff Beer, named after the beer on The Simpsons. Then they'll go throughout South America and Europe by 2016. No plans for the U.S. for this beer. But uh, the the whole reason behind this, I guess, is uh, the fact that it's been uh, their attempts to stop others from using the name Duff Beer. So they're making their own. And let's see Game of Thrones has received 24 nominations for the primetime Emmys more than anyone else. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Next on On Screen and Beyond, Celebrity Birthdays.
0: We if
1: you get a tummy ache, and you moan and
0: groan
2: and woe, don't forget we told you so. Happy birthday! Happy
1: birthday! <laughs> Celebrity birthdays. On July 19th, Benedict Cumberbatch will be 39. And on July 20th, Diana Riggs, 77. The 21st, it looks like John Lovitz, will be 58. And on July 22nd, David Spade turns 51, and Alex Trebek turns 75. July 23rd, Daniel Radcliffe turns 26, and Woody Harrelson turns 53. On July 24th, Jennifer Lopez turns 46, and Linda Cotter, Wonder Woman, turns 64, and Ruth Buzzy, past guest here at On Screen and Beyond, turns 79. And on July 25th, Matt LeBlanc turns 48 years old. And that's it for celebrity birthdays. As far as listener birthdays, well... Jennifer M. of Edmonton, Canada, will be turning 34 on July 22nd. And on July 20th also, uh, it looks like uh, yours truly will be having a birthday. And that's it. For celebrity birthdays and listener birthdays if you are having a birthday coming up be sure to let me know by sending an email to me at feedback and onscreenandbeyond.com and we will let everybody around the world listening to On Screen and Beyond celebrate with you and we wish you all a very happy birthday and that's it for birthdays celebrities and listeners and it's time now for our interview segment and our guest uh, is a actor who's been around for quite a while. And he was uh, on Johnny Ringo, which was a Western back in the 50s and 60s. And then he went on to The Detectives. And then, of course, we all remember him as Don West from Lost in Space. Mark Goddard is going to be joining us. So I hope you're going to stick around for that. He is uh, celebrating the 50th anniversary of Lost in Space. It's going to be a Blu-ray release of that. And on july thirty first through August second he will be at Galacticon 4 in Seattle, Washington. that's right Don West, Mark Goddard is next right here on on screen and beyond. Today, my guest on On Screen and Beyond is an actor who co-starred in many TV shows, including Johnny Ringo, The Detectives, and Lost in Space. This year marks the 50th anniversary of Lost in Space, and on July 31st through August 2nd, my guest will be in Seattle, Washington, for Galacticon 4 to meet with the fans. It's Mark Goddard. Mark, welcome to On Screen and Beyond.
0: Thank you, Brian. It's great to be here.
1: Does it seem like 50 years for Lost in Space, Mark?
0: seems like it's 50 years for me. <laughs> uh, no, you know, time goes so quickly. And I was, uh, I was an actor for 30 of those 50 years. And then I was a, I've been a teacher, special education teacher for the last 24 years. I just retired last year. So I had uh, a little bit of both, you know, the acting and then the mm-hmm. teaching.
1: Yeah. Well, that's, that's a question I want to ask you is how did you go from being an actor to working with special needs kids?
0: I guess because I worked with so many special need actors. <laughs> no, I shouldn't be flipped about this, should I? <laughs> no, what happened was uh, I had the career uh, after Lost in Space. I uh, did some soap operas. I was in New York. I was in California. I Did One Life to Live. I did General Hospital. I did The Doctors, as a matter of fact, for NBC.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I killed Alec Baldwin when he was still killable. <laughs> That's my, you know, thing in that show. But I did uh, in a lot of guest shots, and I was on Broadway with Liza and so forth. And then I came, uh, I came to a point where I just didn't know what was going to be next for me. I get to that age was, you know, am I going to just stay out in Hollywood and just keep looking for that next show? Or am I going to just try to do something worthwhile? Mm -hmm. And uh, so I made up my mind. uh, What happened was I was watching C-SPAN, and uh, he was then Governor Cuomo, was giving a uh, speech, commencement speech, at the University of Maryland. And I was watching it. I'm kind of a political junkie in a way. And I was watching this speech by uh, Cuomo, and he said something that struck me. He said, you can make a difference. that was the whole speech was, you can make a difference to the graduates. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, maybe I can make a difference too. You know, it's time to go back and see if I can do something that's worthwhile and give back to the community everything that, you know, this country has given to me and people, the fans, et cetera. So I, uh, I... Packed my stuff right away, and I drove back, and uh, I didn't have a lot of things going for me then, money-wise and stuff like that. But I drove back in an old Pinto, and I came back, and I uh, I lived at my uh, uh, my mom's house for a little while. I went to school at Bridgewater State College; it's a university now. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, a while back. That's 90 89. So I had this 30 years that I got my degree in special education because I wanted to work with young people uh, with behavioral problems because I just felt that that was a need and that was the population of people in special needs that I wanted to work with. So I uh, I made that change. I got my degree in, in uh, education from the university, well, from Bridgewater State University. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it was, that was the story. Then I was 23 years teaching at the FL Chamberlain School in Middleborough, Mass., which is a, uh, a school, it's a residential facility center school for kids with, you know, special needs, behavioral problems, possibly, or whatever it might be. And uh, I had 24 great years. I, I loved the kids, uh, and uh, it was very gratifying, and it was a, a nice segue from acting into teaching,
1: yeah. just
0: Worked out perfectly for me. Yeah.
1: Did the kids know that you were an actor?
0: Well, yeah, they knew. Uh, word gets around pretty quickly. We only had, you know, a <laughs> hundred kids at the school, right? So, uh, and their parents knew, and then they wanted kids wanted me to give autograph pictures for their parents for like birthdays and things like that. So that was kind of fun. <laughs> but yeah, they knew, but they were uh, respectful of, of it. I think for me, yeah.
1: Yeah. what
0: I had done, and. Uh, it was. It worked out just as it should have worked out. Actually, uh, there was great respect on both sides. I respected the kids, and they respected me.
1: Yeah. Well, starting back before your acting, what made you decide to become an actor?
0: Uh, well, that's a that's a pretty good question. You know, boy, this is a good time to get a plug-in for my book, "To Space and Back." Right. Yeah. Which has all this information we're talking about and much, much more. But. I uh, I was at, ho- at college, and I did a, an acting thing, and so a lot of things that brought me into it, uh, the fact that I admired Jimmy Dean, the actor, James Dean, yes, in uh, East of Eden, that part, I said, oh my gosh, you know, he was unbelievably good actor and very charismatic, and uh, so when I was at Holy Cross, I did some plays there, and I, I kind of wanted to be the next Jimmy Dean, and uh, so I uh, took my midterms at Holy Cross, and passed them all and I went to the uh, dean, of, dean I said I'd like to leave Holy Cross for a year this is all boys school then just just males
2: mm-hmm.
0: and I said I'd like to leave Holy Cross and uh, for a year and if be, try to become an actor if it doesn't work out I'd like to be able to come back a year later you know not with my class but the class under us right and they said yeah you can do that and that made my parents feel better about my going into acting they, <laughs> I could come back I had something to fall back on yeah I did that. I went to. You know, I never went back. Of course, I went to New York and then Florida and so forth. It's all in the book. But that, uh, what maybe become, I don't know. I was at Holy Cross and I was kind of inspired by James Dean. And on the other hand, I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I was at college and I wasn't finding out what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do. And so I wanted to try something else that was outside of uh, academia.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Having to be acting. Yeah. And then you eventually ended back up in in academia, so that's uh, that's interesting.
0: Uh, well, right away, I mean, I was out, I was in Hollywood, and I was out there for a couple of weeks, and I had a I had Johnny Ringo. I, I tested for Ringo, so I was like boom, 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 uh, very fast for me. But I was a good type for westerns then because uh, uh, you know I just had that western look, I guess. <laughs> the young guys out there, <laughs> we all looked alike. I think you know? <laughs> we all were. Fairly good looking, and and we looked like cowboys.
1: I had the long hair. It was it was kind of nice. Yeah. Now I, I've had a lot of different actors on the show that uh, were in a lot of cowboys, like Robert Fuller, and and uh, you know just so many different uh, great actors who were in in the westerns. Uh, and they all tell me stories about how some of them didn't know how to ride horses, or but they'd always say they did ride. Now how how was that with you? Could you ride?
0: I couldn't ride when I got to. Uh, I tell a great story in my book about. I'm not always bringing that up, but that's my life is in the book. Uh, I when I uh, I went out in the uh, Morris office, who I was I signed with right away. Wanted to get some film on me, so they put me in a rifleman. And uh, no, I couldn't. have been on a horse. I couldn't ride. And when my agent said, "Can you ride?" I said, "Are you kidding me? I, I've got a ranch back in. <laughs> And uh boy, but I got on that horse and it wasn't I tell the story, it wasn't uh it wasn't a very good experience and I I said, Oh, my heart was beating after that incident. I said, Oh Lord, never let me say anything like this again that I can do something that I can't do do. <laughs> it was it was not a good experience. But I of course became good friends with Chuck Connors, who, the rifleman and mm-hmm, yeah. You'll see Johnny Crawford at shows that who played Mark, his son on the show, wonderful mm-hmm. young man. And, uh, uh, I had, a, I, I loved Westerns. Yeah. They... I did smoke and I did, did a lot of Westerns in the Virginian besides Ringo. Yeah. And I did uh, Zane Grey theater with Tuesday. Weld, which was a, a Western and I just liked having that, uh, that Colt 45 on my hip.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And, uh, So I hope I never want to give up my guns. (laughs) Alton Heston. I loved uh, I loved uh, westerns, because they were like you know free. You know the costuming was loose and so forth and nice, and you're on a horse and you're outside. Because then eventually, of course, I did learn how to ride. So when I did Ringo, uh, I was pretty good on a horse. Not great, you know. I I couldn't. I couldn't. You know, I was no Randolph Scott. Really, you know, or Joel McCrae, those two are supposed to be the best that could just ride horses and you know. Mhm. Yeah. Look it make it look so easy, beautiful with ease. But uh, I did I did okay. Yeah.
1: Did you ever get hurt on the shows? On the westerns?
0: No, I never got hurt.
1: That's good. Uh, I
0: had a uh I had a stunt man, Fred Groin, C- I'm trying to remember his last name, Freddy. But he, he uh he did my uh, falls for me, like if I get shot off the roof of a of a of outside the you know sheriff's station, I'd come down. that fall, you know, to a, uh, a bale of hay <laughs> that was that was in a uh, a wagon. You know, he did all those stunts. Uh, yeah. Never know. I never had a horse, an accident on a horse, and uh, I I I didn't do. I did my fight scenes. I could do those. I learned how to do those well. I was taught that by good stuntmen. As a matter of fact, I did a, a rebel with. Uh, oh my God! They're going to probably take that off the air now they will never see that show. Again. Right,
2: yeah. <laughs>
0: the Rebel. Oh, my gosh. I hope not. But that'll be next. Uh, all the shows that have anything to do with uh, the self.
1: Right, and, yeah.
0: You know, Johnny Yuma, he's gone now. Johnny
1: Yuma, yeah.
0: They better catch that show I did called To See the Elephant, directed by Erwin Good. That's on, it's on uh, YouTube, I guess.
2: Oh. Yeah.
0: Hula. They got it. But it's a, uh, I, I did, it opened up with a, a three or four minute fight with Nick Adams, fist fight, And, uh. And that was that was good. So
2: hmm.
0: you know, I did that. I was I felt good because the producers uh, gave me a uh, hundred dollar bonus or something for doing my own fight. <laughs> <Because> oh,
1: really? <laughs> they
0: did a good job. Yeah, hundred dollars in those days
1: was... Oh yeah, yeah. Now, when you moved from from the westerns to the detectives, how did how did that come about? Was that something they wanted to put you in, or did you audition for that one?
0: I didn't audition for anything. Oh, really? I did. I did audition for the Johnny Ringo, the first
1: one. Right. Yeah.
0: The whole story behind that audition, but then when I after I after I did Ringo, and I was with the William Morris Agency, they represented Four Star Productions and Dick Powell. And Dick Powell called me into his office, and he said, uh, "Well, Ringo's going off, but we want to you know we want to find something for you." And he said, "I've got two shows. One is with Richard Denning, and that's a detective show called Mike Shane." And the other one, Michael, I think, yeah, Michael Shane. And the other one is called The Detectives with Robert Taylor. And you can have either one of those shows. So There's a part for you in either one of those shows. And I chose The Detectives because I wanted to work with Robert Taylor because he was uh, because some you know a consummate professional as far as I was concerned, you know, and a, a movie star mm-hmm. that's just coming to television. Yeah. So I chose The Detectives, and I traded in my Colt 45 for. A, Smith and Western thirty two caliber I think it was. At least you know, my my uh I had a cop yep. gun. I had a I had a Western gun, I had a cop gun, then I had a laser pistol on lost in space and then <laughs> they ran out of guns for me, so I went into uh teaching. Right. <laughs> no more guns.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Now, when you went to Lost in Space, uh, did was the show what you expected it to be? Uh,
0: well, I didn't know what to expect. I, I wasn't a science fiction fan. and mm-hmm. There weren't any science fiction shows on the air, except way earlier, you know, the Flash Gordon or the uh, Buck Rogers way back in the 30s.
1: Right, yeah. I didn't
0: know what to expect, uh, but I was... I didn't. wasn't sure that I wanted to do a space series. And uh, I was resistant to it. But the, the agent uh, told me, he said, Mark, just do the show. Uh, it's, a, it's a pilot. Just do the pilot. It's not sold. It never will sell. So do the pilots. 21 days. Good money. Just take the money and run. So I, I took the money and ran. So <laughs> I didn't run far because it was a spaceship waiting for me to get yeah. on. So I... <laughs> As a matter of fact, now I'm I'm in the process of writing uh when I wrote to, to uh to Space and back, which was a uh, an autobiography or a memoir mm-hmm. and uh it was about my life. And included in my life were the years, you know, my on Lost in Space.
1: Of course, yes.
0: But I didn't go deeply into it. It was just a it was a chapter. Yep. And people who read it said, "Yeah, hey, you know, I love the book. It's good, but I wish there was more Lost in Space. At least the Lost in Space fans said, I wish there was more Lost in Space, but not enough. So I'm in the process right now, today, in fact, I was just on it now, uh, I am writing a, uh, a book which is going to be titled uh, Being Lost in Space. It's going to be written as a monologue. It's, it's, it's interesting. I have an interesting format for it, but I I won't tell you about it until I get it going, but it's... Uh, it's interesting and wow. it's good. I think. Anyway, so far I do. Yeah, that'll be great. My wife, who's an English professor, uh, will look at it and read it, and she'll tell me if it if it's, should be published or not.
1: hmm yeah.
0: But I, I think we'll, we'll get this one by.
1: I'm sure. That uh, it, will... it,
0: it, it, it's fun. It's, it's looking at Lost in Space, my three years on it, from two, two perspectives, Mark Goddard's and Don West's. hmm So I think with that format, and I'm having fun with it, I think I might have something that's going to be uh, a joy for the fans. I'm writing it for the fans. I'm not writing it to put it in bookstores or anything else like that. I'm mm-hmm. just Writing it for the fans, and they want to buy it, they can go on my website. We, you know,
1: yeah. And there are a lot of fans out there. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah,
0: there are. I don't know if all fans will, you know, get under this book. Well, that'd be nice, wouldn't it, if they all bought one? But yeah. but uh, there are a lot of fans, and this book, I think, anybody who watched Lost, in Sp- I think this way, but it, this is just my. Biased opinion. I think anyone who who watch lots in space, they have to buy this book. They mm-hmm. just have to because it's fun, it's good, and it's informative. But it's really it's a fun book to read. So far, I've only got about you know thirty pages of it written.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I'll
0: get about two hundred when I'm finished. But we'll see. Anyway, you're the first one I've ever talked to about it. So
1: mm-hmm. Well, well I'll, I'll tell you, I'll be very interested in it because I, I, I just I'm I'm fascinated to hear the stories and things like that.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of stories and a lot there's a lot of fun stuff about it, you know. Because it's fun. Let me just say put it that way. It's a fun it's gonna be a fun book.
1: Yeah. To read.
0: And also it's all, about lost in space, it's about my three years on it, you know, with yeah. all the characters and the cat the cast members and all the stuff, you know. Yeah. So I'm gonna get it all out in this one, that's for sure. Yeah.
1: Were you a close cast?
0: Yes, we were. We were. We still are. So gonna be up in uh, uh Seattle at Galacticon. And we're going to be in Seattle because the uh, Lost in Space is coming out in Blu-ray Yes. in September. And we did, I think, about eight, I've heard two different figures, eight hours, and I've also heard 11 hours of material that will be included in the Blu-ray box. This wow. It's called special material, you know, special material, bonus material for the Blu-ray. And uh, that stuff, we did that. About two months ago and that stuff went great it was and the blu-ray stuff looks terrific I'm
2: plus sure. we had
0: fun doing all this stuff and the fans are going to love it the, the extra material in the blu-ray edition yeah so uh and we were there billy myself marta and uh angela the four of us did it uh june didn't want to be included so she wasn't but that's okay she has to say right and uh so we're uh so i'm gonna be we're gonna be promoting that along the way And I'll be talking about it in uh, Seattle and other places that I'm doing shows.
1: Hmm, That's great. And now...
0: 50th anniversary, you know? Right,
1: yeah, 50th, yeah. Now, at Galacticon 4, uh, Mod is going to be there, and Angela and Bill will also be there with you. When you get together like that, uh, do the memories just flow back into you, you know?
0: Yeah, they do. They they do, you know. Uh, Especially, you know, I was very close with Billy because, we had a wonderful time together, uh, and I say, you know, why, how come Billy, actually, because Billy, he was 10, but he thought like a 28-year-old, you know, I was 28, and I thought like a 10-year-old, <laughs> it kind of worked out very nicely, you know, but we had a lot of fun stuff together, we were pranksters together, well, I was a prankster, and I brought him along with me, because he was my shield, <laughs> but, uh, and I conclude that in, in the book that will be coming out. Uh but we were close. June was a sweetheart of us all, and God, we all we all got along very, very, very well, yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I, I mean... There
0: was some tension on the set for a while there between because Guy and June, who was cast as the stars of the show, kind of, you know, lost the show to Jonathan and the Robot.
2: Mm-hmm. And Billy. Yeah.
0: But with me, I didn't, you know... I, I didn't... That didn't affect me. I had my things with Guy and June. I had my things with... Jonathan and Billy, you know, and, and uh, it was is my third, fourth s- s- series, so I wasn't too, you know, I said, okay, let's just do it until it lasts, when it gets over, let's go on to the next one. You know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you were used to that, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, but it went three years, and I was very fortunate, I never thought it would be a show that I'd be speaking about 50 years later.
1: I know, huh? jeez that's amazing.
0: <laughs> it never stops giving, believe me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Do,
0: we do, have do, great fans out there, and I love that.
1: Yeah. Do you ever have any regrets about being on that show?
0: No. I had regrets while I was... Now, let's see. I'd never had regrets about it. When I was doing it, no one... I didn't know anyone who watched it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: People are hanging out with in Hollywood, you know, the, uh, the stars and the people I was partying with, Jim Browns or Steve McQueen. they never watched a lot. Nobody watched it. So I didn't know anyone who watched the show. And because they were all five, six, seven, eight-year-old people who are watching it. Right, yeah. Like I say, they weren't going to the same bars that I was going right. to.
1: <laughs> I hope not. <laughs>
0: I never met anyone. <laughs> Actually, I knew, would say, hey, I saw the show last night. It was I didn't, no one, I had no regrets because no one was watching it, as far as I was concerned. It was years later when these eight- and ten-year-olds grew up to be in their 20s and 30s and now in their 50s and 60s that still watch and love the show and, uh, it's amazing to
1: me. Hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Now, back, I believe it was 2008 that you wrote, uh, to space and back your memoir. Yeah, I did
0: 2009. Yeah, something like that. Something
1: like that. Um, what prompted you to do that at that time?
0: Oh, that's a good question. Uh, uh, well, I was teaching school and, uh, Kids were asking questions about Lost in Space. And so in between classes or when I had moments to come home, I started jotting things down. And I had taken some writing courses at Bridgewater State University. Uh, And I thought I would like to give it a try. And I know that, you know, to write a memoir is not difficult just putting down if if you can I've always said this, if you can think it you can write it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: My wife doesn't agree with me too much in that but I I thought that and I, so, you know, if I could think it I could and I wrote down what I thought and unfortunately I made some some little errors in it, you know, like maybe spelling errors, things like that. See so my wife said, No look it so you cannot put that something like that out again. <laughs> I said, Well, I just I, know I made a mistake.
2: Yeah. But huh. I,
0: I thought that. So I was in between classes, I was writing these jot these things down and I said, you know, I had, a, and people say, boy, he, oh, I know what it was. I was in California, and my daughter Melissa I was at her, her house. And she lived in Venice, and she was on top of the roof, and she was having a party. We we're drinking wine, and I was telling stories. And she said, Dad, you should, you should, you should write it down. You should write a book about it. Your stories are terrific. They're great. And I, that was my inspiration. I said, I came back, and I thought, you know, maybe I can write these down. You know, so my whole life has been a story, so I mean, you know getting arrested in Boston, stealing, taking a wooden Indian, you know. Uh, my son Michael, when he got bitten up by a, a raccoon, I had all these stories. My daughter Melissa was kidnapped. I found Karen Cupsnett, this actress in Hollywood who had been murdered. And I had all these things. Wow. And I, You know, and so I just said, well, you know, just I'll, I'll, I'll put them down. Put them down in paper. Going to Florida, that was an experience when I had uh, doing stock the first time. I was asked... I was uh, actually my sophomore year in college. Uh, I was thrown out of college for having drinking beer on campus for two weeks. I mean, I, all these things happened to me. And I said, well, I, I'm going to put these down because they're, they're kind of interesting stories.
1: Now, is, uh, are you going to have the book available with you at uh, Galacticon 4 in Seattle?
0: Yes, I will have uh, the book. And uh, I don't know how big the show is. I expect it to be pretty good. I don't know how many books I should bring with me. But I'll probably been thirty or forty because mm-hmm. I do shows that I do. I sell between twenty-five, thirty books just in you know shows. Uh, so I just ordered a hundred. So I'm going to. I'll take thirty or forty with me.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I, the,
0: they sell very well at the shows because I nice, you know. I'm sure. Yeah, you know, we people talk and they say, hey, you know, and, and I like to read. I said, yeah, read. I said, you won't be sorry. You'll have a, you know, it's an easy to read. It's an easy read. It's short. It's fun. It's candid, very candid, and uh, you'll enjoy it and and I could put a money back guarantee on this book and I'd never nobody would ever come out see it and want their money back mm. it's because it's, it's enjoyable,
1: yeah. you know, yeah, and I'm sure your next book is going to be you know really <laughs> a really big one because it's you I know. think
0: the next book would be really big one, and so therefore I gotta listen very closely to my wife when we read it together and take her advice on what I should keep in and what I shouldn't, but basically. I'm writing it in such a way that I don't feel I can be too criticized for it. I'll tell you what happened, I'll tell you this just between you and I and everybody who's listening. <laughs> I when I do shows, I do a, I do I can almost do like a stand up comic thing, you know, routine.
2: Mhm.
0: I have I, I just like like you can hear me now the way I'm talking to you. I have uh there's a voice to it, you know i like to talk i like to tell stories i enjoy people i enjoy people getting laughs and so i'm writing this as if i were addressing an audience of people at one of my conventions Mm -hmm. i'm telling the stories i'm telling them just as it comes off it flows off a stream of consciousness but i'm putting it in it's like a monologue i'm writing it like i am talking to an audience it's a monologue a continuous monologue i go into the the cast, the wardrobe, and you know, I'll be doing all the shows that we did. So I'll get 200 pages easy because I haven't even started on the on the shows. Yeah. How how did I get here? You know what I mean? And yeah. Those kind of things. Then when I do the monologue, it's about it's Mark Goddard and Don West looking at Lost in Space.
1: Hmm. That and sounds good.
0: Two different perspectives, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. So I'm, I'm, Yeah. I don't know. I hope it's good. Yeah. Sounds Think sounds great. Good to you.
1: Yeah. That, now. <laughs> Do you Thanks, <laughs> looking back at, at lost in space, is there a memorable moment that you remember the most you know something that was funny or something that happened or anything like that?
0: Well, a lot of things did fine. I can't really go into them because they're in the book, you know, but I had moments with Billy on pranks that we, 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 uh, we did i I just had so many I had uh, uh, so many good moments on the show as 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 Don West working with Marta and with Jonathan. We had some nice scenes with Jonathan that i always remember when he and I, when Dr. Smith and, and Don West make up finally. I haven't written that in my book yet, but that's going to be part of it, about that moment, how it felt to Don West and how it felt to Mark as he, mm-hmm.
2: you know as yeah.
0: in the third eye. But uh, that was, those are good moments. My, the way to answer that is this. We had a great cast, wonderful people. So all the moments that I had with those cast members, each and every one of them is memorable to me.
2: Yeah. And going
0: writing this book now, I'm going through it, and I'm starting to remembering. And uh, I have a thing called MGAS, Mark Goddard Appreciation Society,
2: that mm-hmm.
0: was started by this Clyde Thurman, a wonderful young man from uh, Chicago. And uh, they have, we have four administrators, and they just had a party for me back here in Boston. Uh, where the administrators came, and we met at my friend Mike's house, and it was a wonderful party, and uh, they, you know, so the they we have a membership of a thousand members, and ironically enough, this sounds funny, but what happened was, he had started this, he was a fan of mine, Clyde was, and it, and it was, he started this group called MGAS, Mark Audit Appreciation Society, and I came across it on, on the internet, you know, and I was looking at it, hitting buttons. And I hit a button that made me an administrator. <laughs> so not only I became a member, but an administrator. <laughs> and I said, that was a mistake. And I said, no, no, you're a member now. You're, you're, you're an administrator. You're with us. I said, okay. I said, but the, the fact is, this group of the MGAS, we appreciate. It's, not, it's called the Mark Goddard Appreciation Society. It's not to appreciate Mark Goddard, although they do. It's for all of us to appreciate each other
2: hmm.
0: as fans. It's the best group on the Facebook. MGIS, no, without doubt, wow. it's the best group of people on Facebook. Um, it's it's been a, it's it, it's been so much fun to do, and uh, so uh, I you know so I you know appreciate the fact that this group started, and I would be writing this book for them because you know they wanted me to, so I feel you know right that's going to be uh, part of uh, what I'll be doing for the next few months. And uh, what was the question you asked? Yeah, I go off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I was, I was so fascinated with what you were saying. Uh, no, but uh, I also
0: say in my book, my wife will kill me for this, but sometimes you go off and it brings up other memories and other stories and so forth. You asked me what my, yeah, working with a cast yes. as a group, that was the most memorable thing I could, I could add. They're wonderful people. Yeah. So there are a lot of things that happened, and they'll be included in my book. But uh, the, the cast as a whole was, was the most memorable for me, hmm. yeah.
1: yeah. Now, we read a lot of things on the Internet, and I wanted to ask you this one. Is it true that they were planning to make a Lost in Space movie uh, called, I don't know, Lost in Space, The Journey Home or something like that before Jonathan uh, passed away in the year, in what, 2005, 2008, somewhere around there?
0: Right. That's a good question, and it's not a question that I can answer, Brian, and I'll tell you why. When all that was happening, I was back here in Boston teaching school. Mm-hmm. I was involved back here. The people out there in the West Coast—they're closer to that situation. Yeah. I never saw Irwin after I did. After I left the show. I didn't see unless we did conventions together. Jonathan and I saw each other quite often at conventions, and Billy and Marta, you know, and Andrew. I saw the people at conventions, but I wasn't out there. And I don't know about that. I, I know I, I read the same thing that you do, that Billy went with, to Irwin with this idea and so forth. But I don't know if it was ever going to be made into a thing or not.
2: Mm, that would have been
0: uh, great. I, I would have been involved in it because mm-hmm. I was teaching school. Right. But I, I would have gotten off for it if they wanted me. But we did lost in space, you know what I mean? The return home, I don't know. I get a feeling that we were meant to stay up there
1: Lost forever forever
0: (laughs) You're going to be lost forever.
1: Yeah. Well, Mark, I'd like to finish up with two final questions. Okay. Taking us away from your books, you're you're, uh, going to Galacticon 4, and Mm -hmm. also Lost in Space and all the shows you were in. When you sit back and relax and watch TV now, what are your favorite TV shows to watch now and of the past, and what are your favorite movies now and of the past?
0: Okay. Let's go to the television first, as you asked about that Mm
1: -hmm.
2: uh
0: i can talk about the past television shows that i i love the most because that's easy to do i was watching television then uh i my favorite shows going back to the dick van dyke show Uh, yes i loved that show uh and i loved uh i loved a a lot of shows that i watched like the rebel and uh that i was on because i'm forgetting about the shows that i was on Mm -hmm. but uh uh one of my favorite shows to do, I should mention right now, is the Adam-12 I did with Martin Milner, yeah. and Ken McCord, where there was no dialogue in it, and I played a young person, man, who went to the police academy and went on to be, he finally got killed after getting married and having kids. It's called Eulogy for a Pig. If anyone can ever get that and look it up, it's a wonderful show. It's my favorite show wow. uh, that I was in as an actor, Yeah. outside of my the series right. that I did. But watching, I loved. Uh, of course, I loved Lucy. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I go way back to those shows, the Jack Denny show. You know, I go way back. I've been around a long while.
1: Yeah, those I are had classics. Many wonderful
0: shows on them, but especially Dick Van Dyke. And then later on, Cheers. Of that was not you know that was my favorite show mm-hmm. to watch. Cheers. Today, I watch sports, and uh, that's about it. I watch some you know uh, news shows.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't watch. King of Thrones or any of those things, I, I can't. I don't think I like them. i seen, I saw, sat down for one, and it was distasteful to me, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't get into the new cultures of uh, the uh, sex and violence. I can't, I'm not into that. Yeah. When we, the shows we did, like the shows I talk about, okay, the rifleman, yeah, he shot 20 guys, you know, with his <laughs> rifle, but you never saw the blood, you know what I mean? <laughs> right,
2: yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> they had falling out of trees, and they were behind, you know, wagons and stuff like that. And, yeah, it was, it was violent in its own way. But uh, today's violence and, and the sex, how it's manifested in the shows, uh, I, I can't really uh, get into that at all. Mm-hmm, yeah. uh, as far as movies are concerned, like I say, East of Eden, Rebel, I love the Jimmy, you know, Giant, uh, way back. And then I loved uh, the show called Quacks of Fortune, has a Cousin in the Bronx is one of my all-time favorites with Gene Wilder and Margot Kidder. That's kind of a movie a lot of, not a lot of people have seen. I mentioned it, so I, I advise them you know, if you get a chance to, to get it on Netflix to get that. It's called Quackster. It was filmed in Dublin. Quackster, Q-U-A-S-T-E-R. Quackster Fortune, F-O-R-T-U-I-N-E, T-U-N-E. Has a Cousin in the Bronx. Wonderful movie. And, of course, Harold and Maude. Which everyone has probably seen by now. Yeah, is one of my all-time favorite movies.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
0: And uh, but today, all the uh, the movies today that are all the uh, super kind of heroes movies. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't go to, but uh, I loved uh, the one with. Uh, I'm trying to think that got the award, Evelyn. What was that movie that we... uh Any couple of movies that we've gone to that I love so much? Uh Boy, right? Boyhood? Boyhood. boyhood. Yeah. I love Boyhood. And uh, what... Oh, American Sniper, I did love that, too, yeah. Yes,
1: yeah.
0: And what was another foreign film? Didn't we see a foreign film that was really good or something recently? I don't remember the name either. We like to go to foreign-type films.
1: Yeah, okay.
0: We love those. Yeah. Uh, but... Yeah, you know, those, you know, those, and boy, that was, that was terrific. Also, like the one with the, uh, well, you know, going back not too far, you know, I loved all the Robert De Niro movies. I loved The Godfather. I loved, I loved uh, Bronx Tale. Mm-hmm. De Niro, when he was doing those movies, and Woody Allen movies, I loved all the Woody Allen movies. were early ones, especially. Mhm. Yeah. So, there were a lot out there, a lot of great movies out there. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, that's the thing. There's just you know, there's so many choices,
0: <laughs> and it's great to have Netflix now because I used to have a have them all on DVD, you know, yep. on uh, the old time. VHS. Yeah, VHS. I had a great collection. I had everything in VHS. I threw them all out. Of
1: oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah.
2: So well, anyway,
1: well, Mark, uh, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us, and everybody should be sure if they're in the Seattle, Washington area. On uh, July 31st through August 2nd, they should check out Galacticon 4, and you will be there, Marta and Angela and Bill from Lost in Space. It's the 50th anniversary. You'll have your books there. It's going to be a great time, I'm sure.
0: We'll have a ball. The fans come out. uh, We'll have a great time. We'll have a panel, of course, and we'll be telling stories and doing things, and uh, you'll love Marta and and Angela and Billy, and, uh, and of course, you'll love me. I hope. (laughs) <laughs> so we're, we're going to be there. We're going to have a good time, and uh, so please come out if you, you know, we'll just have a come out, and have a good time. That's what it's about. All these conventions are about that.
1: Yeah. Yep. Well, thank you very much, Mark. I really do appreciate it.
0: Brian, it was great talking to you, and thank you for the interview. And uh, I hope uh, people uh, enjoy the interview.
1: A great big thank you going out to Mark Goddard of Lost in Space for joining us here on On Screen and Beyond. And don't forget you can catch him if you're in the Seattle, Washington area on July 31st through August 2nd at Galacticon 4. He's going to be there with the rest of the crew from Lost in Space. It's going to be a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen Lost in Space... I don't know where you've been, but you can catch it on Netflix or all over the place, or DVDs or anything. And then coming out uh, this fall is the 50th anniversary of Lost in Space on Blu-ray. And uh, it's just, just a fun show, so be sure to check that out. And that is it. We've had quite a week, and we've got another great guest coming your way next week. So I hope you're going to be joining us. So if you have a suggestion, send it to me at feedback at onscreenandbeyond.com. And we will try to get that uh, person on for you. I'm actually waiting right now to see if uh, a suggestion that came through here uh, over On Screen and Beyond's email. And I'm seeing if that person is going to be willing to join us here. So uh, hopefully that's going to come through in a few minutes or you know maybe in a day or so. But uh, we'll see. And I'll keep you informed on who's going to be coming up. Go to OnScreenAndBeyond.com. Find all kinds of information there. And, of course, if you're on Facebook, be sure to like us. And that's it. That's a wrap for this week. So until next week, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zimrak. Take care.